Hi, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP Sportsman Podcast number 29 as we continue to grow Radio MVP. And Jimmy, get this out of the way right away. Obviously, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're also available on Google Play and any other podcatcher that you may use, uh, third-party type things. So don't be afraid to download it. And if you use iTunes, please go to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. It will help others find us and continue to grow Radio MVP. Uh, as I get that little disclaimer out, let's get going here, Anthony. Welcome back to the podcast. We missed you the last couple of weeks, but this time of the year, man, schedules are tough. I got basketball. Everyone's working. Everyone got a lot of things going on. Uh, you had a few things going on, plus you had the opportunity to go see your Dukies play. Yes. So let's start right there. How was the experience going over to Pittsburgh to watch uh, Pitt and Duke for yourself? You know, obviously growing up a fan of a team outside the local market, it's, you know, it's always one of those bucket list things. You want to go see them, you know, whether it be me being a Broncos fan, you want to go see them. And I've been fortunate enough to go see him play Notre Dame twice and blow a 10 point second half lead twice. Um, so that's awful. Uh, but Wednesday was just spectacular. Um, uh, the Pearson event center is a gorgeous facility. And it's a shame that Pittsburgh isn't a little bit better than they are uh, because that state, that arena can get rocking, um, you know, but it's always a thrill to go see your team win. Um, it's just neat. It's neat. It's always kind of fun walking into enemy territory, being the hunted, you know, you kind of get the Raz and all that. And once you got off Pitt's campus and into the arena, it was nothing but Cameron indoor North. I mean, Outside of the few students that were there, it was all blue and white, wow. uh, which which was, you know, surprising because all we heard is arrive early. It's going to be the, the biggest student turnout in years. Um, and by the end of the game, well, let's just say fans were trying to find a parking spot for tomorrow's game early because it was, uh, they were, it's, you know, I, I don't want to damn them. You know, they're just, you know, either wine and cheese almost. When things are going really well, they're going to be there. But, you know, for eight, you know, they're in a tough transition period right now. So uh, with the weather forecast, the way it had been and what it was coming up, you know, you probably thought a lot of people were like, you know what, the heck with it. I'm going to sell my tickets. There's no point in, you know, hey, it's always hit or miss these weekday uh, games in the middle of January. You never know what the weather is going to be. Exactly. I mean, I think that's that's the bottom line is this time of the year in uh, Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, these storms can sh- pop up very quickly and, and yeah. really deter people from even going down to Bigley Center here in Youngstown yeah. or I can imagine even, even a larger city like Pittsburgh or Cleveland and Cleveland State probably runs into the same thing. So obviously draw does matter and mm-hmm. A conference game against Duke is huge, and it, it was an opportunity. Hey, look, Pitt is not as a um, team as they were the last five years. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, everything goes in cycles no matter yep. what they do. And plus, they're joining a new conference here in the last couple of years. So it's a totally different mm-hmm. It's a totally different type of brand of basketball they're playing, you know, for, from what they're used to. And quality of players. Not that Pitt didn't have top ten talent before because they did. And mm-hmm. they probably will again because they just have the program to do it. It's just a matter of this is one of those years that, you know, they're going to fight for uh, making the tournament. 
and yeah. uh, they're going to fight for that opportunity to play maybe in a secondary tournament if they don't make the uh, the NCAAs. I think they have that offside shot. It all depends on how they finish conference play and where they go from here. But you know what? Uh, and Pitt has had some great runs. Unfortunately, you know, in tournament, it has been unkind to them the last yeah. few years. And, you know, they have had some great talent. And, you know, we just move on from there. But I'm glad you had the opportunity to yeah, see Duke was, play uh, and then had the opportunity to see, uh, you know, high-quality college basketball. Yeah, it was an absolute thrill. And, um, you know, I've watched Marvin Bagley on TV now. And but seeing him in person, and he probably played his worst game of his young career Wednesday night. Now, worst game, 16 and 15. It's not, you know, that's that's nothing to laugh about. But, boy, is he special. I mean, you can just see the talent. I mean, wherever he goes in the NBA, whoever has the beneficiary luck of getting the number one overall pick is going to be really happy. He's a, a game changer. I mean, he's phenomenal. Um, you know, the pitch students kind of gave him the overrated chance and the – you know, the typical student second chance when you're getting beat and got nothing else to do on a Wednesday night, you know, kind of razzing. But, um, you know, it was, an, it was an awesome experience and uh, one I'll remember for a lifetime. That's good. That's what matters. That's what, you know, that's what sports is about. I mean, I have, I've, I've mentioned this many times before and I'll, I'll mention it again. I have a different viewpoint because of, uh, of the, uh, the media aspect mm-hmm. of that I've been involved in over the last 20 years, you, I don't want to say divorce yourself from being a fan, but you just look at it differently. You look more analytically or you may, you may look at it a little less emotional uh, than you did before. You still care. You still want to see your teams win. You know, when you do sports talk, obviously you're, you're biased to your home teams and stuff like that. However, you also want to be uh, what I would like to say objective to the where the team is at. And, you know, that's just like the Penguins here locally. I mean, I think they've actually have shown what a strong non-conference schedule they had and tough road they had that they're actually playing such really quality basketball here the last four or five games that they got in conference. A tough loss the other day up, you know, uh, at Green Bay. But, you know, as a situation where there was an opportunity to win and and stuff like that. Was it Green Bay? I think it's uh, the women's loss to Green Bay. Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit. It was Detroit. You know, that's a nah, – you know, every loss is a bad loss. I'm not sure there's going to be any bad losses this year. This is a whole new uh, culture change. But, you, you know, you start out 3-1 and one, or 3-0, uh, and, oh, and then Oakland, that's a really tough place to play. Those guys are really good. I, I think Oakland gave Michigan State a game late this right. year. So you know how good they can play. And then, you you know, a quick turnaround less than 48 hours later, Detroit on the road. It's tough to win a conference play anywhere on the road. Yeah, um, well, look. But, I mean, they lost by two in a high school white. game, and it was entertaining yeah, games. So, I mean, on the road, I, I look, obviously any victory you can get is important. Yep. And it was a game – it was definitely a school that they, they could compete with and win. And you're going to lose some close games. And yeah, you have to learn from that, and you have to, you know – uh, grow from it, and I do believe they have the ability to bounce back and oh, play I well. Look, I, it, here's here, here's my hope for the YSU Penguins the rest of the way. If they can play, you know, above 500 basketball at Bigley the rest of the way, and play close to 500 on the road, and then you know finish somewhere in the top six, mm-hmm. 
you know, of the conference and give themselves a position to in the conference tournament. And if that's one game or if it's two games, you know, anything beyond that, that's fantastic. And, you know, that's what you have to think of. Uh, you know, you want to you want to win in the conference tournament. You want to advance. You want to to build a program going forward. And, you know, Coach Calhoun is you know, going to have that opportunity this year. I mean, the worst case scenario is what has happened over the last 10 years where a team kind of peaks this time of the year and then mm-hmm. you know goes downhill and goes into the tournament looking to end the season. You know, if they're got lucky, they get a win, but most of yep. the times they didn't. So, you know, this is, you know, an opportunity, you know, to really kind of make, you know, some really imprints on, on this program. And I like, you know, how they've played. Look, is it perfect basketball? No. Is it no. better basketball than it was? I think yeah, we're seeing yeah. the improvement of the team from uh, November till now. And that's what that matters. And we're seeing a basketball program, you know, who, are starting to see the leadership of this coaching staff and where it wants to take it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you said, this is, I mean, compared to the last couple of years, this is overall a better brand of basketball. It's a lot more competitive team. Uh, they may not win the games, but they're right in them. Um, and you can see as the year has progressed and as conference play has started, uh, Cameron Morris has become Cameron Morris again. I mean, let's not forget, too, they're playing without one of the best point guards in the Horizon League, too, in uh, Santiago, who really helped them late last year win a couple games in the conference tournament. So, you know, you know, for as young as they are, they're fun to watch. If you told me they'd be three and two in Horizon League play after five games, I would have taken in a heartbeat. Exactly. I mean, they can get close to 500. Or over 500 in conference play this year, that's a huge victory. Yep. That's a huge step forward. They have not been that type of a program in the last five years. And that's, you know, you have to be able to compete in your own conference. Yep. Uh, and that is, you know, what college basketball is always about. And you must be able to, matter of fact, that's what high school basketball is about. You know, must compete within your own conference and, and build uh, opportunities to win. And, you know, move towards a postseason play. You know, I have uh, the opportunity this year to cover Newcastle. And they're 8-3 and three on the season. And they've lost a couple of heartbreakers. They're a small team compared to the teams they've had in the past. They Most of their players are under six feet. Wow. I think they got one or two players, 6-1. And, you know, they do have, you know, Marcus Hooker, who's a, an excellent athlete. You know, he's going to Ohio State yep. to play football. And they have a couple of players. But... You know, the team that I've been watching this year, and they play later tonight, and matter of fact, that's why we're going to make this one kind of a quick podcast, is, uh, you know, they have uh, Beaver tonight in, in Newcastle. Killing them is they can't hit free throws. Uh, I mean, the game uh, they played last time, uh, forgive me, I'm terrible with these <laughs> new, new schools. Um, uh, it was out towards Pittsburgh. I'll, I'll think about it here in a second. But anyways, they went four for four. Four for 21 from the line, and they lost by uh, three points. They had the lead basically the entire game. They had the lead from uh, – from act, they took the lead at four to three in the first quarter and actually built out a 10-point lead late in the third quarter. And down the stretch, they just could not hit a three throw. Four for now, 20. Now, I'll say this. Yeah, I mean, that was a killer. It's just, you know, it has really hurt Ooh. their – their opportunity this year to win ball games and on the road because the two 
two of the three losses, I think, or maybe all three losses were on the road this year. And that's just, uh, you know, that's tough. You can't yep. do that. Uh, two out of the three, excuse me, two out of the three were on the road. And those road wins, those road losses were opportunities to win if they, they got up there and just stroked the ball, you know, with some confidence from the line. Uh, and right now, that's what's holding back the Red Hurricanes. And they can have a nice run this year. I'm not sure their state distance like they've had in the past, mm-hmm. but I think they can definitely make a run in the uh, WPIL. And, uh, you know, the, and they're unlike Ohio, where every team qualifies for the playoffs, and you just yeah. have a, a huge tournament there. You have to qualify for their playoffs where like, I like they'll that. take the top 14 uh, in this situation. So it's a little different and they're going to have to uh, really, uh, you know, make, make a move here the rest of the season, but we'll have to wait and see how they, uh, they, they handle it. I'm really looking forward. Coach Blundo is a really interesting guy. He runs the, uh, the program over there in Newcastle and uh, he has over 200 wins. He won a state title a few years back uh, last week. The game uh, I'd had at uh, one coach with over 500 career wins and the other one with 200 career wins. So, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a really entertaining yeah. game. Yeah, uh, it was Ambridge. Now it came to my and- mind. It was it was New Newcastle versus Ambridge. And uh, Ambridge, let me tell you what. I don't know if there's a commitment anywhere. However, you want someone who is going to find a very good player at the next level who can hit the three and can handle the ball in a, in a what I say, a quality way for a big man. He's 6'5". Um, uh, Aaron Hillsdigger. Hillsendigger, excuse me. Aaron Hillsendigger. My goodness gracious, this kid can hit. Literally, his range goes from 20 feet to about 28 feet. I mean, he can. Hillsendigger, yeah. He has Aaron Hillsendigger. He's, he's a phenomenal young man. I don't know if he has a commitment anywhere yet, but uh, I, I, I'm hoping uh, Coach Calhoun might have him on his radar because let me tell you what, a player like that you can definitely use. And, uh, you know, he was a, a big part of the game. Matter of fact, I think he's averaging around 28 points, Holy 25 crap. points a game right now. He can he drill the three. He's not afraid from to Ambridge? take it from any – what's that? Ambridge? From Ambridge, yeah. We're going to have to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> it's he can look H- nice and red and white. H I yeah, it's H I L Z E N D, um, E G E R, I believe. I don't have it in front of me, but Hilsendinger, yeah, or Hilsendinger is, I believe, how you say it. Aaron Hilsendinger, but Dagger, Dagger. Yeah. Actually, it's Digger. They said that's Pennsylvania. He's a six six junior. Okay, he's a junior. Well, there's there's the early type uh, recruiting that you have to do. Yes. These are the type of players that I'm talking about, you know, that you and I are talking about. These are the finds out there. Obviously, I'm sure he's on the radar of a lot of teams. And we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, he's a player I think, you know, we're going to have to pay attention to. There's a few others that I've seen. Now, they have some of them already have commitments to uh, schools. So, uh, we'll have to just, you know, we'll just kind of talk about them as they come along. But, that's a kid uh, who I think we have to uh, pay attention to this year to see if uh, what schools are looking at him and where he's where he may end up. If he's a uh, you know maybe a a power five uh, type player mm-hmm. or if he's a you know a mid major player like a, like for a Youngstown State or a Kent State or a Pittsburgh you know that type yeah. type of thing. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I I really I'm not a talent about 
evaluator. I can only tell you what I see from my eyes. And from my uh, vantage point, I believe that he has the ability to play at least at the mid-major level. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, though. I mean, I, someone to keep in mind, I, and uh, I was really impressed with the way he played. Uh, matter of fact, if you're interested, it's not the best quality broadcast. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we were on cell phone. And uh, the the, the uh, gymnasium was very loud. But if you go to uh, Trib, hssn.triblive.com, uh, and then click on the broadcast, and you just go through the calendar, you'll find it there. Uh, all the past, past broadcasts of our games are there. So uh, it's a, a little, little shout out there to uh, Trib Live, but also uh, if you're interested in hearing some uh, high school basketball from Western Pennsylvania, that's the best way to uh, check it out because uh, they do an excellent job of covering high school sports on Trib Live. And they, in fact, uh, my partner James uh, Dawson this week uh, was actually at a cheer event. No. Oh. I knew that started <laughs> covered that. Yeah. 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 They had a cheer event and he was actually covering a cheer event with a uh, video for the uh, Trib Live. So it's a, hey, you never know what you're going to hey, find. Yeah. But, you know, there's so much going on in the world of sports, Anthony. And obviously, the the elephant in the room is the NFL and the yeah. playoffs going on. And uh, it should be a great, I think it's going to be a great day today and a, and a good weekend. I mean, Falcons, Eagles, Titans, Patriots tonight. Obviously, it's a huge favorite over the Titans. Uh, I imagine everybody's going to expect, a, you know, a, a big win there for the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how, what the final score will be, but I don't even know what the odds are or, or the spread. And I don't pay attention to that stuff. But as you know, however, uh, the Falcons-Eagles game is going to be intriguing. Yeah. And that's coming up here in about a half hour. And uh, Eagles without... You know, Wentz at quarterback now, you know, Foles has has the experience, though. He has the chance to surprise people. And I still think when you look at all the teams in the playoffs, minus Wentz, I recognize that's a huge loss for the Eagles. I still love this Eagles team the best. I still think they have the, the best overall team available this year in the NFL. I'm not sure they're going to get that far with Nick Foles. However, you know. It has happened in the past where a a second string quarterback has been able to rise up to the occasion and yes. and take a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's you know if Philly had Carson Wentz, I would probably pick them uh, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, but without Wentz and the way Fools has looked the past couple of weeks, now granted it's the end of the regular season. And those are basically exhibition games for teams who've already clinched, like the Eagles had. Um, you know, like you said, he has experience. Uh, they got a nice stable running backs, and they got the weapons on the outside. Um, I just like this Atlanta team. I, I like the way they're playing. I like their mindset. They really represent Dan Quinn, and they're gritty and tough. Um, I thought last week against the Rams um, – Steve Sarkeesian did a really good job calling plays. Uh, they're finally maybe starting to get comfortable with him. Um, and you just, it, I don't want to bet against Matt Ryan, against Nick Foles in that kind of matchup, uh, plus Julio Jones and the Falcons, two uh, dynamic running backs. I tell you the team that I, if they get past this weekend, and it's going to be really tough, I think Minnesota wins the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, everyone, that seems to be the pick that a lot of they people have right now. match up with the Saints and the uh, yeah. Saints' weapons they have in Camara. Boy, is he really playing well. You know, and the, the idea here is if, like, for example, let's say the Falcons do get past mm-hmm. the Vikings, then the Vikings will have a home road the whole yes. way through the yes, Super Bowl. they will. Yes, they Time will. ever for a home team to have that opportunity. So, boy, you know, I – I think Minnesota is really fun to watch. Yeah, I think Minnesota is going to be really interesting to watch this entire run. I mean, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how Case Keenum handles the playoffs. I was just about to uh, say that. You know, it's going to they do have veteran quarterbacks behind them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they could do an Alabama type scenario, you know, where Alabama went to a raw rookie and a freshman, uh, you know, you do have oh. two two veteran quarterbacks to go back there. So, you know, we can get into that here in just a moment, but you know, we turn to page. I'll tell you what, let's, let's get right into that. Let's yeah. just have some free form here. Uh, the game on uh, last Monday night, obviously was the NCAA championship game. I, as typical, get it a hundred percent wrong every time. <laughs> uh, of course I had, I had Clemson trying to win it in blowouts. Yes, you did. And on each, and uh, that did not occur. Uh, Alabama ends up winning in a, in a, in a really great comeback. Oh, I fantastic. mean, you've got to tip your hat to, to, to the Tide and what they did. Uh, you got to tip your cat to Staben pulling the plug on a, on a quarterback, just taking them all the way to a championship game and going to a, a raw rookie from the left side of the yeah. uh, you know, left-hander throwing. It, you know, And he did a great job. Give him credit where credit's due. But I, you know what? I, I really want to give credit. And, and too bad Matt's not here. I didn't have a chance to talk to him this week. But the offensive line for Alabama dominated in the second yes, half. Yes, they did. They took over that game. They truly did. They opened up holes. They gave uh, the quarterback the opportunity to make the plays, and the running, you know, the running running attack was there. It was just I, I honestly got to give Alabama all the credit in the world for winning that game, taking advantage of being in the tournament and winning it all. Uh, I still will go on record saying, as I have in the past, I do believe the committee got it completely wrong with the four top teams. And But those who were there took advantage of their opportunity, and Georgia and uh, and Alabama came through. I thought Georgia yep. was going to win it. As a matter of fact, it was in the third quarter. I was tweeting out, see, look at this. They didn't get this right. Look, <laughs> Georgia's going to win this one by at least three touchdowns. And, and then Alabama came on strong. And I'll say this for uh, Georgia. I I thought they got too conservative in the game plan in the second half when they had the uh, the twenty what twenty to three lead. Uh, they just really yeah, whatever it was yeah, yeah twenty to six lead yeah they just absolutely in my opinion got a little too conservative. They you know they just you know they put themselves in situations I didn't understand. They would throw on first down and run on second and put themselves in, in a third and long situation to throw again. And I kept thinking you have two best running backs on the field. That's why I kept you know, screaming all game. And, and why not use Yes. Them? You know and you know and what was it? I think Michelle had the big day and they weren't giving him the ball you back in the second half. And it just blew my mind away. I really thought I mean she, Alabama's defense deserves credit for shutting them down in the second half and, you know, only giving up the three points in the overtime. However, it's a lot of help you, from Georgia. You, yeah, Georgia did a lot of things in the second half that I thought were, 
you know, ways to allow Alabama to take advantage. And I kept saying, you know, throughout the game, you leave this door open, Alabama's going to run right through it. And yeah, and that's exactly what they did. And, you know, that last play of the ball game where, you know, the the play before where they get the sack, you know, Georgia did a terrific job defensively. And then they played back off the guy and he bit on Mm -hmm. the corner and they didn't have the safety help. It just shocked the heck out of me. Uh, you know, you keep that play in front of you. You get up front. You don't allow to get someone to get behind you like that. But, you know, he made the perfect pass. He made the perfect play. They deserve to win. They are our national title winners. I accept that 100%. And, and I do. I mean, like I said, I still don't think the the committee got it right. I mean, you can make a legitimate case that even though Central Florida did not play any tough toes, neither did Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, and in the end – you can point to the fact that Auburn beat both Alabama and Georgia this year and then went on to defeat Al- uh, Auburn again, mm-hmm. you know, in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's to me, you know, you can make a legitimate case. I know how politics work and I understand it. They're not going to give someone outside the top five, top power five conferences that opportunity. They may say they will. They never will. The money's too much involved. And, you know, and as for Ohio State, uh, you know, or even USC, who both won their conferences and, you know, they were shut out. Obviously, Ohio State should, showed, you know, their ability in, in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, obviously, the loss, the, you know, the two losses mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was a one-loss team, I think Ohio State gets in two-loss team the, no the year before. And I think that's what helped Alabama. When Ohio State made it over Penn State the year before, Penn State had two losses. Ohio State only had one. And Ohio State had, though Ohio State had top five wins that year. And Alabama did not this year. So, I mean, in the end, yeah, I understand why they selected the four they did. I don't necessarily agree with the four they did. And, you know, you just, like we mentioned before, you have a mathematical problem here. Yep. You have five conferences competing for four. And if you take two from one conference, and then you're you're really shunning two other conferences and their champions. And on that level alone, this will never ever be perfect, and it will never ever be the type of uh, playoffs that I think the fans and the players and all those schools who compete want. Uh, I just don't know if they'll ever expand because the contract lends till almost 2028. So yeah, we got I, a long time before long I time. think they'll ever ever give those games away yeah. with. That. Yeah, without ever changing it. So it's going to stay the way it is for a while. And I don't, you know, it's just, that's just the reality of it all. But what a game. Yeah, it uh, was, uh, the three things that stood out to me um, was late in the game in the fourth quarter when Alabama needed to make plays, it was all freshmen making plays. And the quarterback in Tagovailoa, if I butchered that name, um, the freshman receiver and the guy who caught the touchdown pass, I believe was a seldom used sophomore. And then their four string running back comes in and has 64 yards in the fourth quarter. Um, another thing that really impressed me for Georgia was Jake Fromm. in a couple yeah. years, that kid's going to be special. And it wouldn't shock me if he's, and I have no idea who's coming back and who's not and all of this, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's, in the highest in conversation next year. That kid's really good. Um, it may it may happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. Um, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, I think quarterbacks are always going to be 
at the top of the list with the Heisman now on. We talked about that the last yep. time. It has become more of a quarterback award in the last, you know, 15, 20 years than it has any other position. And, you know, that's just how the game has changed, has gone to an offensive game where, where teams are in the shotgun, running the spread, running the red gun type offenses. Yep. And you're just going to have more and more statistical analysis look on the quarterback than any other position. Uh, running backs are devalued today, and there's some great running backs out there who have won the Heisman in the past, mm-hmm. including Den- Derrick Henry, you know, who's, who needs a big game today. Yes, he does. You know, for the, for the Titans tonight. So they are the exception to the rule, and I don't want to sound like, oh, it's always a quarterback because it's not. However, I think quarterbacks have a, an advantage, and we've seen this this year when they invited three quarterbacks to the finals for the Heisman Trophy where – you know, maybe the best back in the land in Barkley was left off, you know, that invitation to New York City for the uh, presentation of the Heisman. So it was, it is what it is. It will be what it will be. And I, you know, I'm not too worried about those type of things anymore. I just, I've come to the conclusion that this just more PR nonsense than it actually means anything. Yeah. It, it just, to me, they, all those type of awards and all sports have lost their luster, uh, their luster to me. Yeah, I just don't think, you know, MVP in the NFL means that much. I don't think MVP in baseball or basketball matters. I think it's good for the individual, and it's it's part of their legacies, but it's not really – as a, a sports fan, I could care less. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it's it's all about who the most popular player is, and uh, we've seen that the past couple of years, especially in the NBA uh, for MVP. Um, the highs are starting to become that way too. Um, it's – you know, it just, you know, it is what it is. But hey, let's move on real quick because yep. I want to keep it kind of short because I got to, I got that game tonight where Newcastle yep. takes on Beaver. Uh, Jaguars Steelers will be uh, Sunday uh, afternoon. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, the Saints Vikings. Uh, your thoughts, real quickly, on the uh, Jaguars Steelers game. Yeah, it's a rematch of a game. Uh, the Jaguars pounded Pittsburgh again in week five or six or, or, or earlier in the season. Uh, Pittsburgh gets Antonio Brown back. Uh, that should help them. Uh, Big Ben's not going to throw five picks again in the game. He's not going to throw two pick sixes, and I don't think uh, Fournette's going to have a 90-yard touchdown run against the Sears defense. I like Pittsburgh to win comfortably. Um, Saints Vikings, I think that's going to be phenomenal. That could be the best game of the weekend. I think, like I said, if Minnesota gets past New Orleans, uh, they're going to go to the Super Bowl and win it. So, uh, But it all depends, like you said, what case Keenum shows up. Um, and if he struggles early, the, the, there's Teddy Bridgewater waiting in the wings. How about that as a story? Out all year, it's an ACL. All right. I think we, oh, there he is. We had a little pause there, Anthony. Sorry yeah. about that. Go ahead. You were talking about Case Cam. Yeah, then the I backup. think, like you said, I think, you know, it depends on what uh, Case Keenum shows up. Uh, but if Case Keenum struggles, and you mentioned the uh, veteran backups they got behind them, uh, they will put – uh, Bridgewater in, and that'd be kind of cool story if he were to come save the day for a a franchise who sets him really excruciating uh, playoff losses in recent memory. Um, like I said, I think if they get past New Orleans, I think they go win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to those two games on Sunday. Obviously, uh, Steelers are very important to this area. To a lot of there's a lot mm-hmm. of Steelers fans in Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania. Uh, I think this is the worst matchup for them. They could they couldn't ask, you know, for a worse matchup 
Uh, not that I think here's, here's the thing. The Jaguars defense is just so dominating. They can yep. make the difference in a ball game. Uh, they could, they can force turnovers. I'm not sure we'll see five interceptions again, but they can force they turnovers. They can too. shut down potentially bell mm-hmm. who, you know, who typically, you know, is going to touch the ball 20, 25 times a game between either running the ball or catching the ball. And if they can take away, you know, put pressure on, on Roethlisberger and take Bell away from their offense, that only leaves really the hard part is trying to get the ball to Brown if, if, yep. if Roethlisberger is under, under duress. So I think it's just a really bad matchup. Obviously, they, you know, the, the counter is, you know, Blake Bortles is their quarterback. You know, they, they have a, a quality running game. They don't have a great offense. So they need their defense to really put them in positions to score. And, uh, you know, Blake Bortles has to break Blake Bortles needs to play out of his mind and he'll be able maybe to become a running quarterback yep. and uh, pick up big yardage there and maybe, you know, be as fortunate as Mariota was on a play. Cool. You know, I don't know if you'll ever see a play like that ever again in the NFL, but uh, you know, and I'm not predicting that type of play, but a scenario where he makes a huge play that that ends up in the end zone where it normally would not have happened. Uh, you know, I just, I'm not sure. The I think if all the teams left, the team that could surprise everybody is Jacksonville. I agree because with that. of that defense. However, that offense makes you pause and thinking that is chances of them getting there. Everything has to fall in place, and I just not sure that will happen. However. Uh, I think this definitely has that potential of an upset and um, Jacksonville can definitely come away with that win. I think the Steelers had definitely the more talented team guys though. You know, yeah. Jacksonville could do it. Jacksonville can do it. Speaking of Jacksonville. Yeah, go ahead. I was at the Duke pit game and in the front, it was a pit blackout. So they're all wearing black. They tried at least in the front row in the pit student section. There is a lone soul wearing a black Jacksonville Jaguars t-shirt. And wow. I like, boy, I give you a lot of credit, kid. That takes a lot of guts. Wear that t-shirt as a pitch student when these Steelers fans are crazed. Woo! Yeah. Impressive. Reminds me of a young me. <laughs> Reminds me of a young me. Yeah, you know what? That's what makes sports fun, is having the yep. ability to root for teams and to uh taunt a team and and to stand out so you know that's what it's all about look uh real quickly my picks Mm -hmm. eagles patriots i'm gonna go with the upset with jacksonville and i'm gonna go with the vikings your picks give give me atlanta new england pittsburgh and minnesota and i like uh atlanta and minnesota next week in the nfc and then pittsburgh new england I think is what everybody wants to see, um, including and the probably, NFL. You know, I think everybody wants to see that because I look, tell you what, though, anytime you can have top quarterbacks play each other in a championship style yep. game, you want that. And especially after obviously, the game they you, know, last month. you look at the quarterbacks available. Tom Brady stands out. Drew Brees stands out, yep. and so does uh, Roethlisberger. Yep. Those three there are top of the tier. All three of them are headed to the Hall of Fame someday. Yep. So if you look at that. The, the others all have uh, players who you uh, work within that position who are good and quality quarterbacks. They're just not at that upper echelon of a player. 
And obviously Wentz proved this year that he's an all pro style quarterback. Yep. Unfortunately, he's just not going to be available because of his injury. So I'll tell you uh, what, that Jacksonville but front overall, seven against, that Jaguars front seven, like you mentioned against Tom Brady, be a good matchup. If there's a dark horse out there to make the Super Bowl, it's Jacksonville. And, yep. uh, you know, Look at it this way: If we have Steelers fans out there, I'm always wrong. Yes, so be you glad are. I didn't pick the Steelers. You've been wrong the past couple of times. Real quick, Anthony, we're gonna we'll dive into this yes. real quick. Not a big surprise here, but um, well, I want to say we're not a big surprise that Jay Bruce left the headed back to New York to to uh, the Mets, and yes. unfortunately, it was actually a very doable deal for the Indians, yeah. in my opinion. I understand the analytics behind it. You don't sign a guy over 35 to a three-year contract. Our guy, you know, at $13 million a year is probably just a little bit more than they'd be willing to do. Obviously, I don't think he was really in the Indians' plans. No. He was top gap last year when Brantley went down. And when they re-signed Brantley this offseason right away, it basically signed a deal because you really have too many lefties as it is. And when when they signed Elzon. Uh, yonder earlier this week, you know, mm-hmm. or last month, uh, that really sealed a deal because that's another left hander. Once you did that, Alonzo came along and that was it. I mean, there was just yeah. no need for Bruce, much as I wanted him, much as I kind of hoped the Indians would, would find a way to get it done. I understand why it didn't happen. Disappointed because I'm a you know, I've always uh, admired Bruce and thought he was he brought so much to the Indians, uh, during that stretch run. and it's a shame, but you know, look, the Indians are kind of in that last ditch effort here to try to yep. win it all. Their window's going to close because the pitching, uh, you know, Miller and Allen will be free agents the following season. And, you know, there's just, they, it really comes down to it all or lose it all type season for the Indians. So uh, you got to push your chips to the middle. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Indians respond throughout the season. Uh, if they get off to a slow start, do they make big moves right away? Uh, wait till the all-star break and if they're not there then you see the massive uh sell-off I mean, which oh, could man. happen yeah I'm not, I... I'm not predicting that i'm not predicting that at all but i'm being prepared for that possibility mm-hmm. uh, i still think the indians pitching staff overall is just too good not to be uh in the mix of it all and you know the strohs are going to be the team to pay yeah you yep. have to beat the strohs and the yankees are, are of course the yankees so I mean, it's going to be up to the Indians. I don't think anyone in the in the Central is better than the Indians. No. The important thing is you're going to be in the tournament most likely, and you're going to have an opportunity, you know, to to make your play there. However, uh, right now, you have to give the Astros and the Yankees credit for improving their team, while the Indians kind of status quo, if not maybe lost a step or two mm-hmm. on that ladder. Yeah, it, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think we all knew Bruce wouldn't be back. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't roll anything out either before the season or trade deadline. Um, you know, Antonetti and Chernoff have done a really good job putting this team together. And like we talked about in our last podcast, this team is not in a mode where, oh, we need to go get big trades. We need to make a big free agent signing. It's, you know, we were up 2-0. With Ramirez and Lindor really cold at the plate, we didn't play good defense, and Kluber was banged up. And if Aaron Judge is a half an inch shorter in right field, 
the tribes up three nothing midway through game three of the yeah, ALDS. You know, of the yeah, going. I, so love the, I love the you know, I love the thought. You know, the ball was a little bit higher and all that. You know, yeah, but, it was what it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, you these know, are the situations you, know, you got to deal with in sports. I'm I'm not. I understand the thought process. I'm just saying you can't change what happened or what was, and you got to move forward. Look, the Indians have made some choices, and we knew these choices were going to be hard choices they had to make. You know, we say goodbye to Santana. We say goodbye to Bruce. You know, we say goodbye to, the, you know, two guys in the bullpen this year, you know, and Smith and, and Shaw. And Shaw, you know. So there's, you know, these things happen. This is typical in baseball, especially for a size market that the Indians are in. The question is, how do you replace them? And right now, that right now is a huge question mark. Yep. I don't think they know. I mean, I think Alonzo helps you at first base, but he does not necessarily no. replace the Santana Bruce, you know. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a different year. And, you know, obviously they have some young tech kids coming up they want to make room for, and that's what they're we're going to see. So, you know, it's it's only January. Anything can happen between now and, yeah, and, and, and April. So let's not, you know, push any panic buttons. But, yeah, I was – uh, on a disappointment level, it was about a six for me. I was just hoping and praying mm-hmm. that they could get Bruce back. But, you know, maybe they find a way. Like I said, if they push their chips to the middle and sign Bruce, what's the worst thing that would happen is they would have traded him within a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and don't tell me he's not tradable because he is. And oh, someone would have taken Exactly. Someone would have took it. So, you know. On the insurance policy, I think if you, you know, in a, you know, in a poker analogy, if you pull, push your chips in the middle and signed him and kept him, yes, you're left-handed dominant right now in that lineup. However, you know, you always have that chip that he's probably one of the most remarkable guys to sell because he actually can hit you 35 home runs every season. You know, so, and I, that was my thinking behind it is that, yeah, your dollars during the season signing him, in a sense, you might be under in the red. But you went for it, and worst case scenario is that you make a a mid season move and, and and trade him to whoever the contender may be, and you know. But that's the choices they made. Hey, Anthony, we're out of time, bud. Yep. Let me uh let me say good night to you and thank everyone for the download. Remember, if you go to iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and review our podcast. The more ratings and uh, reviews we get helps others find us and we really do appreciate it. you can find us on google play now and of course on stitcher for anthony and campbell i'm tim we're gonna be back tomorrow night recapping the nfl and if everything works out right i'm gonna try to get matt to come on too to get some of his thoughts if not anthony and i will talk to you tomorrow thank you for turning into radio mvp sports podcast number 29 have a great day everyone